Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast for the first time in 2018, coming back at you after the Christmas break. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now and the West. And joining me every single week, Perth Wildcats vice captain, three-time NBL champion, Mr. Greg Hire. Greg, thanks for coming back. Oh, mate, it's been uh, nice. Uh, not nice to be missing the show. I haven't known what to do with my spare time. <laughs> I've been waiting for Twitter questions, you know. And, There's been uh, a hole in your heart. Exactly right. I mean, I felt like I haven't seen you all year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, it's not too bad. It's, it's, I'm, I'm chuffed to, to, to get the call up again and... Uh, and talk hoops. So, no, good times. Fantastic. You're currently sidelined at the moment. Yes, we'll get to that in a second. But as far as the rest of your Christmas and, and New mm. Year period went, how was it? I saw you took the little guy out for a bit of a, not a stand-up paddleboard, a sit-down down, paddleboard. No, it's been, uh, obviously, all New Year's, if you could say a positive of getting an injury, it was most surely the best road trip you could have ever missed but, uh, being home for <laughs> nine days. I think my wife was like the first thing. was like, are you, you travelling? She was a bit daunted about, by a bit daunting to see me away for nine days. Yeah, but yeah. obviously Christmas was nice. Obviously uh, all the NBA games on uh, on our Boxing Day, I think it is, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you, you got to watch that. Watch plenty of bad basketball. 15 straight hours <laughs> yeah, of action. And, yeah. Exactly, and good basketball. But um, And then obviously suffered an injury on the eve of travelling to Cairns. So um, it's the first New Year's I've had for quite some time, I think, with, with Ainsley. And um, we sort of stayed at midnight and I thought, like, what are we even doing? I mean, I've got to get up to, for this little fella in six hours. Um, and so we're staying at our in-laws' house and we had the porter cot in the room. And yeah, around six o'clock, the sun started coming in through the blinds and I was like, oh... And I moved moved my head the slightest bit, and I all I couldn't all I noticed was my my son just jump up, and he was like, "Where am I?" And yes, my parents are in the room, and from that moment it was on. And then I realised like, yeah, there's no like mid like New Year's, I love it, you know, I got to kiss my wife for, for you know yep. straight after it, but it's just not worth. I'm I'm get, definitely getting old, that's for sure. <laughs> and you could have had the sleep in in Cairns if you'd been up there Ex- as, oh, as mate, much I, as you probably I, don't I want to be spending New Year's exactly, in Cairns. No, you could have had the places, sleep in. Yes. But I definitely would have said that. I mean, that's what road trips are for for, for dads like myself, Jesse yep. and Damo, is to refresh our batteries. Um, I've never seen guys sleep. You know, like imports have a have a very uncanny knack, but a very incredible ability that they can fall asleep in an instant and anywhere. Like if you hop on a plane, Bryce, DC, they're asleep within taking okay. off. Yep. Since having a son... And it's a testament, uh, a test to it. Damo and Jesse, maybe Jess because he's always studying, but we're also <laughs> now like that. We sleep everywhere you can, and, and and it is amazing when you can do it because once you get back to Perth, it's definitely uh, not on the agenda of those young children's lives. Yeah, okay. I have to ask you now while I think of it, the biggest snorer in the group, someone who's oh. impartial to one on the plane, doesn't matter where it is. Yeah. Is there anyone who stands out? It's funny, to take you back a long time, my very first trip as a development player, I actually had to room with Sean Dennis, our former assistant, SD, uh, okay. previous yep. uh, assistant coach, because he was that bad of a snorer <laughs> that they didn't want him to wake up any other guys or management because uh, managers because they had to do their job properly. So I had to, I had the unlucky uh, job, and I literally got to the point that I was so scared to go to sleep. Like he would sometimes be out for dinner and stuff. Yeah. But like if we had lunch and we, I think we had a couple of like preseason games. Yeah. 
the guys would be halfway through a meal and I'd see the coaches, I would smash as fast as I can my, my food and head up and try and nap because I was like, I need like to catch up. I think yeah. I might have had one hour sleep. And then at night time, I was just like scared, like, please don't <laughs> snore. And obviously without that, but we're lucky. We, we've changed our routine this year. We don't uh, change our roommates too often because... Okay. One, um, sometimes, yeah, you get a, a bad snorer. DC is a horrible snorer, okay. from what I've heard. Reese yep. Vague is also horrible. So they partner those two guys up together so they don't bother anyone else. <laughs> because in previous years, you'd go, all right, uh, you know, free, and I'll say this, Jamil McKay, one of the worst roommates you could ever get yep. because he wants to talk to people all the time not people next to him, people from back home. So he would be taking FaceTime calls at 4.30 in the morning, 6.30 in the morning, okay. 8.30 in the morning. Um, so if you were a roommate of his, <laughs> you just get woken up by him screaming on the other end of the line. So this year we've asked, look, can we just get the same roommate? Because you, you just know him, you know their routine, you know what's comfortable. With Dame and myself room together a lot. We have good banter. Mm-hmm. I make sure I uh, got plenty of movies so we can sort of catch up on some lost TV shows and movies, and and it's good, it's solid, um, and so far it's worked really well. The, the chemistry on the road has been fantastic because uh, I think guys are actually pretty happy they're getting some sleep and they're uh, and they're getting to hang out with people they actually really really enjoy hanging out with. So it's good. Trevor Gleeson always says that he finds the five guys who work together on the court and he sticks with them. <laughs> yep. You guys have found the pairs that work exactly uh, right. in the sleep it's combos and are sticking with them. Sure. Uh, mate, tell us about the, the calf injury. We've yeah. had a few people asking about it on Twitter. How did you do it, first of all? What's the update as far as when you might be back and yeah, uh, and all the rest of it? It's, it was obviously not ideal. It was uh, just a weird sort of situation, uh, a very common thing that I do every single push off, try to go up a rebound, and I literally just felt it and go. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, obviously straight away, we knew straight away as a calf. I did my – not not this one I did my other one four years ago so straight away uh, back then that was my first significant injury so look back and thought someone's kicked me uh, whereas this one I sort of pulled up and was like nah it's not mm-hmm. not ideal mm-hmm. um, this first week I've been able to finally get on so since the guys came back from Monday I've been able to get actually some some workload into it which has been nice so that's what the whole process is the recovery process what you can do is just, just try and strengthen that muscle back up so it's basically to run it's you know to to load up a little bit and and, and to, to try and simulate, I guess, match practice or games um, as much as you can um, without putting too much of a uh, of a stress on to for it to re tear or re injure. So um, it was a it's a it's not a severe car strain if you have your grades the grade one even lower if they can say that. But we'll play it safe, especially at this point in the season. Um, if it's come back and flare up again and, and re injure it, I'll be me done and you know post playoffs. Mm. And so that's obviously the, the the main goal. Obviously, you want to play as many games as you can but we look at the schedule hopefully by the end of January um, that is the 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 game that I'd like to come back against New Zealand um, just because of the schedule as well it'd be nice to sort of ease my way back into it and then I think we've got five or six games which I think gives me ample preparation to, yep. for the, the finals to start and obviously the the environment, the the pressure, you know, increases tenfold and in the intensity. So, um, they'll be good if I can come back earlier. Um, obviously, that'll be fantastic. But um, especially for Carl, and we're seeing of Kevin Lish at Sydney Kings. If you mm. don't, um, you know, look after it and, and do the appropriate things to, to get it back on track, um, you get setbacks. It's such a tedious process is very annoying um, but in saying that look I'm back on shooting doing some ball handling and all that sort of stuff so um, last time I was at 8 to 12 weeks and the first 
four weeks, couldn't really even move uh, as such, couldn't even really walk. So I'm pretty happy to be able to run and um, you know do all that sort of stuff. It's just not that explosive um, stuff at the moment. So not ideal, but um, yeah, look, it will be fine in due time. Yeah, hopefully only a couple of weeks away, which would be a good result, sure. all things considered. Um, the team closing out that road trip, the Hotman Cup road trip uh, without you, in pretty good style with two wins in the past three, sure. um, getting a win at Cairns on New Year's Eve, going down in Adelaide, but then beating Sydney uh, on the road on Saturday. What did you like about what you guys provided? Obviously, Damien Martin coming back For helps sure. a lot with that lockdown defence. Yeah. Um, and you're able to keep Cairns and Sydney below 70 in both of those wins. Yeah, I mean, Cairns was a huge matchup, obviously putting up two... Uh, poor performances. It was it was important, and it was funny. I was speaking to Trevor before, and he asked what I felt about the group. You know, the, their I guess the demeanor of the group, and mm-hmm. um, I sort of said, you know, as much as you want guys to step up when Damo comes back on the court, it really um, it just allows guys to go back to their normal positions and um, gets everyone a, a level of confidence. So uh, I knew heading into Cairns, we would we would be. Um, you know, obviously trying to redeem ourselves, but you know, knowing the might of the guy, the guy. Sorry, you've got three games in nine days. You do not want to start off on a bad note. And I thought they played absolutely fantastic. Obviously, some really um, you know, standout performance for DC. Obviously, rewarding himself. Yeah. Um, you know, getting the starting nod and just being an absolute workhorse with his energy. Obviously, Bryce was sensational and JP. But some big sort of moments. I really love Jesse. Um, you know, he could miss four or five shots or whatever it may be. And I think in, against or in Sydney, um, you know, he just missed a, a wide, not a wide open, but a, a good look. Um, and he gets the, the ball in the very next possession, or maybe even the same possession, and then hits a big, big time dagger yeah. three. And yeah, so, he doesn't hesitate, does no, he? No, and you absolutely love that. So, um, yeah, look, I think from a, from a group standpoint, really matured. I think during that time, I thought Clint was really good against Cairns as well. I think he just wanted, you know, he's heaping a little bit of pressure on himself. But for him to hit a couple of shots, I think he's got to really do that. Um, for for us, you know, um, he's not going to get uncontested looks like most of us do. But when he shoots a contested look, it's amazing as well. So he's got to really, I guess, reward himself because he's shooting absolutely incredible at training. So that um, obviously demo was sensational. But I think Angus Brandt in Sydney was was really big for us too, especially in that second quarter. Um, he had six and five in, in very four or five minutes, and I think he was quite 11 and six, I think, in, in the game in mm. maybe 10 minutes. But yep. unfortunately for the big fella, suffered a, uh, got a few uh, calls that didn't go his way and, and, and sat in the pine. But um, it was good for his confidence as well because, um, yeah, whilst everyone comments, you know, you don't worry about the position on the court, um, you know, I hope he doesn't think that being, you know, uh, put to the bench as a demotion. I think he, it's just the, the the way that we're at the moment and we need a little bit of some energy and some some grunt, um, which DC was just training the absolute house down. So you've got to reward a guy for that. Mm. Um, but in saying that, I think now Gus can really um, consolidate his spot in that second unit and go, I'm a bit of a spark plug as well. I'm going to get the ball every single time. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be a scorer and a bit of an enforcer. So I love that um, in that second unit. But no, huge win, especially Sydney. The boys look tired, um, that's for sure. And, mm. and, you know, Sydney backs against the wall with a player like Randall. Um, you know, played against 
Adelaide on Thursday, you think we could have got that win um, to, to play in Sydney, irrespective of their record. Um, I think it was huge to really just storm home and really show you know, why we're sitting where we're at at the moment and, and obviously we'll just continue improving. Yeah, you talk about Angus and, and DC. I mean, what must be really pleasing for you guys is the different ways that you've been able to, to thrive. I mean, you think about... Your lineups down the stretch of games. Yep. You've had games down the stretch that you've won where Angus has been on the floor. Yep. You've had games where DC's been on the floor, like on uh, Saturday against yep. Sydney. Yep. And then you've had games where neither They're of those two have floor, been on the floor yeah, sure. and you've had that death lineup in. Yeah. So you're showing a bit of versatility there. I think, yeah, that's exactly right, that versatility. And I think that's, um, you know, especially the way the league sort of changed from when I first became involved. You know, if you're a three-man, you're a predominantly three-man. If you're a four-man, where at the moment, yeah, you, you've... You have the luxury of Waxy and um, Jesse playing a 5-4 combination. They can guard bigs and stretch the floor. Yeah. It's pretty lethal. But then um, at the same time, you've got a guy like DC who arguably could be one of the best offensive rebounders I've been a part of in terms of his athleticism. And when, he, when he's when he got that work ethic going, he's he's unbelievable but yeah now you can throw him in the lineup and 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 he has a confidence to guard you know one to five really so yeah it's, it's definitely a luxury for us that versatility we need guys to play a multitude of positions and um you know if you can thrust a guy in there for two or three minutes and he really shifts the dynamic of the game um and it and in your way um you know it's good you know sometimes even from a defensive standpoint if we can throw a guy who you know, isn't, you know, uh, as physical, or sorry, is physical, say, for example, if you're going to play Kirk Penny or Goulding, um, and just to sort of work and make them tire them out for two or three minutes off their screens, so that come the third or fourth quarter when it's money time, um, you know, they're a little bit more fatigued, we'll do it, and you've got to do that, you've got to have the luxury of having guys that can play a multitude of positions, and I think um, that's definitely a strength of our team. There's a lot of congestion towards the top of the table at the moment, you guys, along with Melbourne, and New Zealand and Adelaide coming up pretty strong as well. Um, a big weekend for you guys against Melbourne here Friday night and then Massive. having to back up on Sunday in Brisbane. That Melbourne matchup, they've won, I think they've won six straight now. They're probably the form team sure. of the comp. What is the key to beating them? And I also want to ask about Craig Moller, who is a former Fremantle docker. Mm-hmm. He's emerged as a, a really handy sort of 3 and D guy. Yep. Um, what have you made of Melbourne and how important have those sort of role guys been in their success? Well, I think, you know, you look at it and I think after, the last time they lost was when we beat them at Hisense, um, yep. and just before that international that break. big, big and, win. Um, yep. And what you've seen there, I think, is guys, they've refined some roles and some guys, um, and they've said it in the media, you know, Casper Ware sort of was playing unse- was maybe playing too unselfish, um, you know, with... Chris Goulding and obviously the amount of talent that they had, he wasn't really being the guy he was accustomed to. And I mm-hmm. think that's what you're seeing. Obviously, you don't like to see a guy get hurt, but with Casey going down, um, you've seen Casper and, and Chris take responsibility on themselves to really impact the game offensively, in which they're, they're deadly. And uh, Felix has come in and just really bought into his right. Mm-hmm. Straight away from the get-go, um, you know, Whilst he wasn't really impacting the the scoreboard, you could see his tenacity on defense. He was trying to get rebounds, and and he was actually you know holding guys account, bringing guys in, you know, and, and you know yes, he got maybe screwed on a call. He'd bring a huddle, and um, you got to respect that from a from an import because generally you know they're sometimes a bit on the outer at, at times. So for him to really bind to that was huge for them, and yeah, um, yeah, they're they're talented. You know, Ty Wesley's been playing some incredible basketball at the moment as well. So. Um, yeah, they'll be tough. I think that's what we've seen. Um, they refine some roles. For us, it's huge. I think if we can um, 
you know, when they get going, I think they're one of the, arguably the toughest and most talented team going because you've got guys like Goulding that hit NBA sh- sort of caliber shots, Casper Ware just going nuts. So you've really got to throw that first punch. And it says, you know, okay, well, you should throw the first punch every single time. But on a team like this, we really mm-hmm. need to impose our will yep. because once they get going, I don't know if you can get it back because you don't want to go like Chris Gordon and have a little bit of swagger, a little bit of arrogance and start getting enjoying himself. You need to make it tough for him. You know, if he hits his first shot, you know he's getting it back. So that and rebounding is going to be a key. Uh, Josh Boone is uh, the league's leading, leading ram, rebounder and he, if you want a guy playing his role, he's playing it perfectly. He, yeah. uh, it's nothing special about him. He's absolutely, he's added a mid-range game which is obviously makes him even more tough to guard but for us, uh, rebounding the last time we played against him defensively, we did, re- we did a poor job in the first quarter of, of working them on. But then w- once we rectified that, we sort of blew the game out. And, and Waxy was sensational that game, which is getting offensive boards too. So the rebounding battle, extra possessions will be huge. Do you think you'll look to go at Boone? I mean, Boone's a terrific defender, but do you think, given the fact that Majuk Majuk's out, I think Dave Anderson yeah. might be under a cloud as well, having missed the past one or two. Um, they've still got Wesley, as you say, but Boone really is that key guy yep. in the middle. Do you sort of go at him early and, and try and put him under pressure? Yeah, I think you you, you got to. Um, and, you know, like a guy like Angus, you, I think that's what you got to do. You feed him as soon as he comes in. Um, feed him to he's not hungry anymore, really, and, mm-hmm. and, he, and you can go that. So, um, yeah, look, Majok, Majok's a huge loss. He's, he's a bit of an enforcer. Um, and, and obviously, Boone, you can say they lack a little depth. Tony Smith, I think, is, uh, he's done an admirable job as well mm-hmm. filling in. So that. And they like to play a little bit of small ball, especially with Molo, you know, he's sliding over the four at times. Yep. Um, Barlow comes in as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, they've got a lot of talent there, yeah, don't they? Even with a couple of guys there. Yeah. Definitely might be a folk piece. And when you talk about Molo, I think, you know, what he's doing is punishing oppositions. Like, I mean, um, He's developed a three-point shot that's now respectable, and you know guys are, uh, you know, daring him to shoot, and he's done an, an, ex- an, an a really good job. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what his clip is now, but what the last few games I've seen, he's he's hitting him, and so I'm not sure why oppositions aren't uh, changing the way they play against him because you know I think he's playing really really well, playing confident. I think that's the biggest thing that yeah. he sort of doubted his ability and. Uh, now he's obviously finding his way and he's playing with plenty of confidence. Mm. Um, but as a defender, I've been actually, I'll say, surprised and um, good on him in the way that he has developed as a defender. Because, yes, he had those tools, he's athletic, long, wiry, um, you know, that were the same tools that made him an AFL footballer. Mm-hmm. But at the start of the year, he was a target. You would um, target him on the defensive end because um, I don't think he fully grasped the concepts of of basketball as yet you know and yes he had all those athletic tools but defensively it's not, it's a mindset it's the way you position your body being in a help side it's a lot more than just saying oh I can guard a guy and so what we've seen and obviously I think his performance against Buford which you know was held to five I think mm-hmm. now um, yeah he's he's becoming I guess a three and D guy and, and credit to him I mean he's put in he's obviously done a lot of work and that comes with scouting and working with the coaches but good on him you know um, hopefully he doesn't put a good good performance for yeah. us but um, good on him for you know working on his tools to, to become a, a potent player I want to switch gears just for a second, Greg, and talk a bit about, we mentioned the fact that Moll is a, a former Fremantle player, a Fremantle Dockers player who is on the list at the moment is Harley Bennell. He's mm. been in the news the past couple of days, as I'm sure everyone's aware. Um, don't want to talk about what's right and wrong and, and all the rest of it, but as far as him 
for his latest indiscretion mm. um, at a nightclub on, on Sunday night. He's been fined by the club and also sent to train with Peel away from the main yep. group for a couple of months. From a, a player and a playing group and a club sort of psyche, a player welfare sort of point of view, yep. what is that? A do you think that's a a right thing to do? Do you think that's going to be beneficial for someone like Harley yeah. Bentley in that situation? Can you sort of see it both ways? I mean, what are your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, it's such a it, it's an interesting question. I look at it and you know I look at it maybe from the footy culture sort of side to an, and a, a leadership perspective I think a decision like that Mercury was not only made by the, the coaching staff it was obviously consulted by the playing group yeah. um, you know your Nat Fife, your Lockie Neals and yeah. the, the veteran leadership so I think it's obviously being consulted there I look at it and go for me and I don't know and it's the mindset of an athlete and obviously he's it's, it's common knowledge he's messed up on numerous occasions um, and for me that's it's a pattern of behaviour, and it's a well. How can we help eliminate that? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, he's, from all accounts, and I don't know the guy, but I would imagine he's a good bloke. Um, so why is this sort of happening? Why is it happening? You know, is it the environment that he's he's in? Is his mindset? What's going on? And, and we talk about that that player welfare. Is there being is there enough being done from that side? Who knows? And um, and I, yeah, I think that would have to be a very valuable question. I, I guess from the, the standpoint of training away from the group, and I think that's there's two ways are going to go about yes. it. For me, <clears throat> I look at it from a mindset. If I and I look at it from an experience of when I'm injured, there's two ways you can go. Poor me and I guess take it easy. Or as when I was at, I was like, you know what? Here's another opportunity to get better. I love it. Um, whilst it's a setback, oh, as soon as the, the medical staff said, hey, you're cleared to do some workouts, I was doing whatever I could do. Um, because I was like, there's an opportunity to grow. It grows a person. Now, Harley can go, all right, now nah, I've had it, and he'll be done, and he'll retire. And I, <coughs> pardon me. I look at it from a club perspective, I go, yeah, the fines and you're away from two months. But I think it's the last call for them because they say, all right, mate, we're not providing any sort of support. What are you going to do from your own individual merit? How are you going to go about this? How are you going to achieve it? Are you mm-hmm. going to contact? I mean, and you don't know. He, I'm sure, obviously, the, the coach and the conditioning staff are going to provide some sort of support. You would hope so. I mean, he's a professional athlete, and if they want to figure him to be part of their plans in, 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 in this season, he's obviously going to have to um, meet some standards. But I think it's a challenge to the group to say, hey, we've done everything we could have done to provide you uh, opportunity to grow and succeed here. Well, all right, here's a little bit of payback. Let's just, how much do you want it? And really challenge the guy. And I think... It's a strong message. I mean, I've seen people sort of argue, well, just fire him or, or, or thereabouts. But then talk about player welfare again, sack him and the latest indiscretion, who's an absolute talented footballer. What happens then after that? Exactly. Will yep. Frio provide a support system for him? I highly doubt it. You know, it's, it's you know, will the AFL Players Association provide support? You would hope so. Um you know, I look at it and go, "Here's your last sort of uh, your last straw. How much you really want it?" And you know, we've done it. Well, we haven't our personally so uh, our, as a, as a club, but there's been times as an individual has been <clears throat> struggling, um, and we've sort of had to say, "Look, it's up to you. How much you want to do it on your own accord? Um, when you finally, I guess, the light switch goes, we will provide you as much support mm-hmm. as we can we can do, and we will. Um, but you need to show a little bit of 
humility a list and, and show us that yeah you really want it so yeah um, but yeah it's a tough question I think you're right I think there's the two sides when you talk about the poor me side and then yeah. also the, the responding I think it's natural and I'm sure you would have had this with your injury as well that the initial thought for you know seconds minutes hours maybe days is, sure. is to go poor me yeah. why am I facing this now why yeah. am I this unlucky why have I messed up again why is this punishment too unjust or whatever but then you need to be able to flip that switch for as sure. soon as you can and then respond from it uh, in a positive way. Let's hope that, that Harley does that. Yeah, it's um, it's tough because, you know, you look at it as well and you know, I saw it in the back of page of the newspaper and from a, you know, I walk in uh, to a cafe and like people already commenting about it and we're like, oh, what a surprise. And mm. um, yeah, I, I look at it and go, look, yeah, it's obviously, you know, it's not ideal. Um but as well, I mean, from a from a landscape of everything, you know, who knows what is going on in his life at the moment? Um, and you know, and I look at that and go, okay, so he's out, and like, it's unprofessional, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's maybe strip it back a little bit as well, like what what was going on, what what was happening, you know? And there is, and I'm not saying this at all. This, there's another backstory. At all. I don't know anything at all. But before we start making judgment, reserve judgment on or having an opinion on something you don't really have knowledge about as well. you got to sort of cast it. And don't, don't get me wrong, he's been given a lot of opportunities. But, hey, I, at the end of the day, I always worry about, yeah, I'm with you, that that, that, that welfare of, a, of an individual mm. and you, you want them to, to, I guess, right their wrongs. Yeah. Another slightly controversial issue closer to, to home with uh, the refereeing that's gone mm. on in the past few weeks over the Christmas breaks, the unsportsmanlike fouls. Now, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about the ones on the fast break where someone reaches in and you're stopping someone from yeah. making an easy laugh or dump because, to be honest, I don't personally, I don't mind that. I'll get your thoughts on it in yeah, a second. Yeah. The, the ones that have really irked me over the Christmas period has been the late-game situation, yeah. the deliberate act of fouling when For you're sure. trying to stop the clock, you're yeah, trying to send yeah. a team to the free-throw line when you're down because that's your only way back yeah. into the game. Yeah. When those ones get called for unsportsmanlike, when everybody in the building knows that a foul's about to come down, yep. I don't understand why we have to call those unsportsmanlike when you can quite, e- and I mean a coach can quite easily turn to the ref before the play starts and say, hey, we're going to foul here. And the ref should probably know, hey, they're going to foul here. Yep. Do you think those ones have yeah, to be look, called? And I'm completely against it. I, I, I would say that. And Jeremy came out, um, GM, uh, yeah, long to sort of talk about it and say it's a FIBA interpreted rule. Yeah. Well, to me, I go, what's? I'll go here and say you're going to get an, a player is going to get injured, and why? Because everyone's common. All right, if I need to make a foul, I'll I'll make a play at the ball. Yes. What you are seeing, and people haven't really picked up on it, is now on a fast break because everyone's like, oh, it's easy for me to make a play at the ball. All of a sudden, you're going to try and pretend like you're taking a charge or, you know, I'm going to make... So it's going to be considered a body foul. And so you're going to... There'll, there'll be an injury to occur. Mm. And, and it's happened. I won't say what happened, but it's happened in a game. If you go back through some footage, fast break, a guy tries to take a charge and it was never going to make the charge. But it looks like, yeah. And, and you look at it and you go, that's a justified foul. Like you go, yeah, he tried to make a play. He tried to take a charge. But in the whole grand scheme of things, he's also trying to stop a fast break. And yeah. I go, you got to have the, like, yes, I understand what you're trying to do. And it's more like, you know, when you're fouling Shaq with the second quarter or you're fouling someone. We don't yes, that. yes. But I go, from the timing of a game, 
one, I don't think it's a negative approach to a game. Like, you're making a play. You have to, you know, if you're down four and you wanted him to shoot and he's in a poor free throw shooter to line, you're punishing them, you know, like... Yeah, exactly. We spoke about this a few weeks ago, and yeah. And it's such a, a fine line of going, is that a foul? Was it intentional? I'm not sure. Now, like, yes, there are some if you clothesline someone or whatever it may be. I can understand dangerous, malicious, whatever it may be. But yeah. when you go, okay, from a strategic standpoint, what more can you do? And, I mean, if someone has intent, it's like, I'm going to steal the ball. Because I remember years ago, Brad Robbins' last game, he retired. They, um, I don't know how much time was left, 20 seconds left. And we, we, we were down, I think, three or four. And we had, to make, we had to sort of foul. And we had a perfect opportunity to trap at half court. It was Jason Goody. And I went and I was like, okay, I'm going to foul here. And I thought, no, you know what? I'm just going to try and... Not, not do it. And because refs are like, oh, I'm not going to call a foul because, you know, like, let's whatever. Mm-hmm. We end up stealing the ball. We hit a three, force overtime. We end up winning. What happens if the same case, the guy's going, no, nah, I'm not going to foul. But the the, co- the, the umpire's like, no, nah, this is just natural. They're going to foul, whatever. Calls on sports and like games completely out of it because then they get possession and game's yes. over. Yes, yes. So I look at it and just go, make it a common foul if it's a common foul. And I understand it's the interpretation of the rule. But, hey, like... I guarantee you, it's not going. FIBA's not going to say, "Hey, because of this, you're now no longer in the FIBA qualifiers." Yeah, I mean, yeah. As a league itself, we've got to also you can go. Put what's your the own best slant interest? on it a little yeah, bit. What's the best interest of the players? Mm. And I wouldn't want a guy to get hurt because, and to me, I go, "Well, that's fair enough." If he takes tries to take a charge and it's not, and then they get uns, you know, it's just um, I think, you, you, and and then you're allowing the the you. you criticisms of officials because of the call from both ways mm. from a fan and a player which is unjust because yeah they are doing their job yeah so. I think you just like to see some feel for the game from the refs sometimes I, I think that's, feel. that's one of the uh, one of the, the constant gripes from the fans uh, we'll get to a couple of Twitter questions we'll hammer through these because we're starting to run out of time a little bit this one from Callan Meredith thoughts on Matthew Delavadova's defensive uh. style in inverted commas uh, for those people who don't know the reference here this is a couple of days ago Delhi. Well, he, he collared, basically, Bradley Beal um, in the NBA. And uh, John Wall, who's Bradley Beal's teammate, came yeah. out and said, I've got no respect for these yeah. dirty plays. I mean, de- from my point of view, Delhi, I love the way he goes about it. He's hard-nosed, all the rest of it. This play... Yeah, definitely. You, you couldn't really stand no, up for this yeah. play. And I think he tried to and said that Beal sort of slipped down. Yeah, I watched yeah, the replay. Yeah. He didn't really slip down. Okay, so this is my issue with that... I, it wasn't, and as, as a guy, I was like, oh, I, you know, I'd love to argue as, as being a proud Aussie too or mm-hmm. a proud Delhi guy. Yep. I'm like, yep. no matter what, especially like all the other um, you know, situations being in, always defending him. I was like, yep. can't really defend him. So obviously wasn't pleased. My issue is the reputation that he has got now, which yes. someone could say just, unjust, whatever it may be. But if another player does something similar, reference Isaiah Thomas. Ex- I was about to say Isaiah Thomas Minnesota a day Timberwolves. or two. Yeah, exactly. And I brought it up today because, and and surprisingly, and everyone feel free to abuse Damo, I said this to the group I brought up, and I said, I don't understand how Isaiah Thomas, like I saw that on ESPN, people, John Wall, were like, and there was articles after articles saying he's the dirtiest player referencing, you know, like a coach's poll. Isaiah Thomas looked worse to me, than what Delhi did. Now, he closed the line, but Isaiah yeah. Thomas, you could see what Delhi, like he just literally, like, closed fist right there mm. and, and decked a guy. And even the reaction of 
players. Like they sort of like uh, Taj Gibson was up there, and but like there was like okay, nothing, and there was no real repercussions. Yeah, got ejected. But I'm like because of reputation. That's what my issue is. I go. That's rubbish. So when Damo, Damo tried to argue that Isaiah Thomas tried to make a play on the ball and still, and the whole yeah, I don't think I don't actually, think I can agree with you there. No, Damo. just like absolutely erupted. <laughs> Matt Nielsen was like, "Are you kidding? Of all <laughs> things you ever said, I have to disagree with you completely." And we're like, "Mate, you're wearing the guy's shoes. What are you? How are you not defending Delhi? <laughs> like, yes, it wasn't a good play, but Isaiah Thomas, closed fist, close on, like." Wrestling would be impressed at yeah. what that move was, but yeah. that's my my issue. Yes, yes. they were Delhi's hit on Bradley Beal and and Isaiah Thomas hit on. I think it was Andrew Wiggins yeah, playing from yeah. Minnesota. Very similar. Yeah, yeah, but one of them gets the sort of dirty connotations Correct. after that. That's probably Correct. what we have the issue with. Uh, this one from Matthew Murphy. What is Greg's favourite uniform the Wildcats ever wore, and what would he like to see the Wildcats bring out for next Heritage round? I think you guys have got the 1982 yeah. sort of. Is that the yellow yeah. West State Wildcats kind of and strip coming up? wearing the red with it um okay yeah so which always a nice i think it would have been last year with the sort of the the tear away um it's a famous soft drinks uh old sort of sponsored logo okay yep um but yeah i think it would have been last no i still had a top knot i think i played in <laughs> melbourne i remember it um but sort of the breakaway. Like I still a had a top knot. Yeah. I, I like how you can reference when things were by no, what hairstyle yeah, you were rocking. It would be the, the Wildcats jersey that wore and the McDonald's championships internationally okay. when they won a championship. Okay. So, so the 95. Logo. Yeah, yeah, 95. Okay. Yep, yep. So that one would be my favourite. To be honest, I don't know because, I mean, I always look around and go, oh, there's like, how are you going to keep doing this? Like in 15 years, you know, like how do you keep referencing a heritage jersey? So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what... The next one will be. Um, I mean, this West State one's called cool because you, you're going in yellow to a red. So, um, but we've already worn those ones. Yeah. The, the ones I hated worse were those sort of Batman. Um, the shorts. Costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. sort of. It looked like you were in the underpants on the outside with the yellow and this the. This is my the black. thing though, yeah. and and not too many guys can agree with me. Only one guy will want to. You, if you're going to go heritage, you got to go full heritage. Short shorts. You know, um, if yep. guys want to rock a headband, yep. long socks, even wearing chucks. And who I'm, would embrace that the most? Jesse and myself. <laughs> so, w- if you want it, and that's the thing, I'm like, yeah, go Heritage, but let's like go full yeah, Heritage. Let's like, do it fully. Yeah, respect it completely. <laughs> <laughs> and the final Twitter question, a pretty strange one from Nick Tan. Can Greg explain what Bitcoin is and should I buy some? Do you have any idea what this cryptocurrency thing is? Because I was trying to do a bit of brushing up on it before and and sort of half get it. This is a discussion we have on every road trip. Okay. All I know is, here's my piece of advice. Get on it. Um, Just get on it on the flow. So I do own Bitcoin, but for Nick to get on a thing called Litecoin, um, there's also another cryptocurrency called Ripple. Um, So they're about to, they'll they'll burst a little bit. So I've, I've invested heavily into uh into that but um there's actually seven team members that have purchased cryptocurrency wow okay um so if you see us purchasing a, an nbl organization in the near future yeah it is because that's that's why yeah <laughs> Bitcoin okay. or cryptocurrency has gone nuts but i'm happy if someone can indulge in me the how it works <laughs> i actually had a, a former high school friend of mine that uh well not former but a high school friend of mine who actually his full-time job is on the cryptocurrency and mining and okay. i don't think he actually still knew I pl- well no he knows what's going on but i don't think he knew my responsibility as a Perth Wildcat player because he had asked me if I'd like to become a full-time whatever, a miner. 
And I was like, mm, no, is that considered fly and fly out or whatever? But mining is, is the, how they solve algorithms for this cryptocurrency. Yeah, so, okay. um, look, all I know, but once it goes plateaus, like it drops down to, it was like 15,000, 16, jump on it because then it just spikes up again. So, yeah. I think it's about 18. But get on it, Nick. Yeah, He's a okay. smart man too, Nick. I know. Yeah, him, okay. So, get on it. Um, for anyone who's just joined the podcast at this time, just, we, we haven't changed to like a stock <laughs> tip no, kind of format. No, We're still largely that, talking about Basketball? That's our new segment. Yeah. We're going to be given fantasy money and, <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the stock market. And investing in yeah. what we will. Um, crystal ball time. I've got to give a nod to the last time we were here, which no, is about three exactly. weeks ago. Your crystal ball prediction, not for the first time this season, <laughs> saying that there'd be an import change. There was an import change literally about 90 minutes after we walked out yeah. of the studio. I think it was Michael Carrera who got yeah. turfed at Cairns. So you're on some kind and of I a crystal ball hot streak. Either or someone thinks I'm actually getting insider <laughs> knowledge. Um, but yeah, so... Just texting your Cairns exactly. connections and, and making it so. Um, my crystal ball for this week, I think Sydney are going to be better without Jeremy Tyler. Uh, he's their big man import that they let go this week. Was terrific on the court. I'm not so sure about how he contributed to the culture of the place. You sort of saw him pouting a couple of yeah. times after he went to the bench. Um, I think they might be better. I think their attitude on the court might be better. And they might just lift and, and surprise against sit, against uh, Adelaide, I should say, at home. We know Jerome Randall want to yep. be lifting against his old side. So keep an eye on the Kings. I know they're struggling, but uh, could do something on Saturday. Well, more, more one's going to be here. It's a bit of a challenge for the guys. I'm going to say there's going to be two representatives from our club that are going to get a double-double. So I don't know when the last time that has occurred, mm-hmm. that two guys. Okay. But, uh, and I think you're going to be close with JP, Lucas, and DC. Mm. But I think they're all going to get, well, sorry, two will get a double-double. Okay. I could be confident say three, but you know it's a crystal ball, and I've been pretty good. I don't want to ruin. You my, have. Sort of my, you got to keep that streak going. So um, now we'll see how it goes. Fantastic. Well, let's hope that it happens. That's all the time we have, Greg. Best of luck rehabbing the injury, Appreciate and we'll chat it, to you next week. Sounds good. And for our listeners, stay tuned to Perth Now in the West for all your sport news, and we'll chat to you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.